presently in a short mini-series uh, that I have titled God's Prescription for Anxiety. We're considering Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8, or 9 kind of concludes that particular section where Paul lays out these commands or prescriptions on how to deal with this. Rejoice, uh, be reasonable, request, and then renew. And so far we have just talked about verse 4 which means to rejoice. And briefly today, I want to consider verse 5, which reads this, Let your reasonableness, a hard word to say, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Now, the point of this prescription is simple. Paul says you have to put on a gentle spirit because Christ is near. Now, now we, the idea is, is we don't have to, to lose it when our plans change because Christ is near. We don't have to lie awake at night trying to solve the world's problems because Christ is near. And he's near really in two ways. He's near in his presence. That is, the Holy Spirit is with us. And he's also near in time. He's coming again. And he's coming to, to make things right, to, to finalize the restoration of what sin has broken in our world. These two promises are meant to calm us. And they should. As we consider them, they should calm us. But today, we're going to spend the majority of our time considering the, the third prescription that we find in Philippians 4. And that's this request. Request. We find this prescription in verses 6 and 7. Let me read them. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. This prescription actually begins with a negative command. Do not be anxious. Then it moves to the positive. Let your requests be made known to God. With this initial command to not be anxious, we arrive back at the reason this passage even exists. The reason that we're taking time now to work through this together. Because we are prone to become anxious. We are prone to worry. We are prone to be fearful. In Matthew 6, 25-34, Jesus addresses this very issue in the Sermon on the Mount. He argues that anxiety... These worries and these fears about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, where we're going to sleep, that they contribute and they accomplish nothing. Worry contributes nothing to solving the problems that we face. Actually, worry distracts us from solving and finding solutions to the problems of life. Jesus said, which of you by being anxious, which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his span of life? I can lay in my bed at night, and I do this from time to time, and I can worry and worry and worry. And maybe it's about my car breaking down, how I'm going to pay for that. Maybe it's about other circumstances that are going on in my life. But what, what good does that accomplish? It accomplishes nothing. Except it only makes things worse because now I'm tired, I'm cranky, my blood pressure may be higher. 
Worry only creates more problems. It only complicates life more. See if you can relate to this point by Carson. It says, part of our problem is that we hear this command not to worry, and we smile piously, we grit our teeth, and we resolve not to worry. I'm not going to do it. But then, he writes, we begin to worry about not worrying. What we overlook in Scripture here tells us how to overcome our anxieties. He says, do not be anxious about anything. It's not a naked prohibition. The alternative is immediately provided. But in everything, by prayer, petition, or thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, so here's the prescription. I don't want to worry anymore. I don't want to waste my time. Uh, I, I don't want these anxieties to weigh me down. What do I do? We must pray. Pray. Request. Instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, we pray. In, in this verse, Paul uses three different terms to describe the kind of prayer he has in mind. He uses the word prayer. He uses the word supplication. He uses the word request. And, and instead of uh, defining all of them and explaining all of them in great detail, let me just say this. These are all help me God kind of prayers. My favorite definition and description of prayer is this, that it is learned desperation. We get the idea of being desperate, but prayer is when we learn that we're desperate and we move in the right direction. Prayer is when we make our requests known to God because we've humbled ourselves and realized that we are completely and totally dependent upon Him. This kind of prayer is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not what I want, but what you want, Father. He repeats that prayer, if you remember, three times. The final time, though, he gets up and he walks out of the garden boldly into the arms of his betrayer, his accusers. He's trusting. He's at peace in this moment. What made the difference for Jesus from when he got to the garden, from when he left the garden? Prayer. Prayer. I love how Matt Chandler describes this kind of disciplined, desperate prayer. He writes this, he says, Really, prayer and worry are of the same essence. They're both a rehearsing of circumstances, a mulling over, and a kind of mental and emotional chewing. But in worry, there's no connection, there's no traction, there's no relational receiver. It's like we're spinning our wheels. Worrying it is like trying to travel in a rocking chair. But when we pray, we're worrying at God. We take the anxieties and we direct them Godward, taking them to Him, placing them before Him, and of utmost importance, handing them over. This is why Martin Luther says, pray and let God worry. I like that. Pray and let God worry as if he could ever. Now let me say, Jesus had to repeat his prayer three times. And I believe there's a principle there for us to consider. Prayer is a fight. That's why sometimes you hear people use, use the phrase, hey, I'm wrestling in prayer. Paul wrote and asked the Romans, strive or wrestle together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. 
Because here's our tendency. We, we pray, we give it to God, and then we pick it back up and we begin to worry about it some more. And then we may, we may give it back to God, and then we may pick it up and we may worry about it again some more. But from Jesus' own experience, we have to learn that we must keep taking it back to God and leaving it with Him. Wrestle, striving in prayer. It's not easy. That's what that, that verb and that terminology means. But there is another key component that enables us to turn anxiety into joy. And he lists it in this verse as well, thanksgiving. The principle here is this. If we're busy rejoicing and being thankful, we won't have time to be anxious. What does Habakkuk do to end his conversation, to end his prayer? He, he is thankful. His world is crashing down, yet he offers praise and thanks to Yahweh in, in this incredible book, in this incredible prayer that would become a psalm used for public worship. Maybe we could take a play from Habakkuk and, and maybe in those moments of anxiety and worry and stress, we pull out a piece of paper. We pull out our phones and open up notes and we just begin to type what we're thankful for. Because here's the promised result. When we pray with thanksgiving, here's what it says. The peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's verse 7. In John 14, 27, Jesus told his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. What? An incredible promise. This peace that God brings is a peace that, that he describes this way. It surpasses understanding, meaning it doesn't make sense. How can I be peaceful in this moment? How can that guy over there whose world is coming unraveled be peaceful in this moment? It's Paul and Silas singing in prison at midnight. It's Horatio Spafford writing the lyrics. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Commenting on this particular verse, John Calvin wrote this, Nothing is more foreign to the human mind than to hope in the depth of despair. And in the depth of poverty to see riches. And in the depth of weakness not to give way. Peace like joy and thanksgiving are the opposite of anxiety. And the promise of this verse is that when we pray dependently, God will give us peace that will guard us. That will protect our hearts from unwanted intruders. It, it protects the word guard here is the word used for a Roman soldier who would stand outside of the city and watch who was coming in. The peace of God intends to, to be a watchman for our hearts. As anxieties and as worries and things might try to intrude into us and take over, the peace of God intends to protect us in those moments. 
What a beautiful, beautiful gift. So the prescription today, be reasonable. Be, be reasonable, verse 5. That, that is, have a gentle spirit, and you can have that gentle spirit because you know that the Lord is at hand. And then verse 6 and 7, that we're to request, we're to pray, and we're to pray with thanksgiving. So when, when fear comes, when worry begins to flood your mind, when anxiety keeps you up at night, what are you going to do in that moment? How are you going to handle that moment? What decisions are you going to make in that moment? Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Be reasonable in that moment, remembering the nearness of God. The nearness of Christ to you. And then request. In that moment, we have to pray. And maybe in that moment, because I've been here and I've heard many of you comment, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. Well, what I would encourage you to do and what Scripture encourages us to do in that moment is open up the Bible. Go, go to the book of Psalms. Go to the last chapter of Habakkuk. And pray the prayers that we find in Scripture. Let, let God's Word be a voice for you. And when you're done, and the worry still lingers, and the anxiety continues to push its way in, what do you do then? I've already tried praying. You pray again. And you keep at it. And some of you, you may say, I'll be up all night. How many times do we read in the scriptures that Jesus, the, the perfect son of God, that Jesus prayed through the night? That may be what it takes. It may be what it takes to capture the peace of God that will protect that will guard our hearts. Five minutes is not always going to do. We have to strive. We have to wrestle. Let's fight for peace so that we can see anxiety and worry driven from our hearts and our lives. Father, we thank you for these incredibly rich promises. Help us in the moments of fear and anxiety. Those moments where we're, we're rocking away in our rocking chairs of worry. Not going anywhere, not accomplishing anything. Help us to remember that, that you're near. We're not alone. You're coming back. You're going to fix this. You're going to fix us. Help us to, in that moment, request. Cry out to you in desperation. And, and when we don't know what to pray, help us to open up your word and begin to pray the rich, rich truths that we find not only in the Psalms, but all throughout your word. God, help us to conquer the sin and the struggle of worry and anxiety in our lives. Thank you for our time that we can spend together in your word today. And it is in Jesus' name. Thank you.